So today's podcast contains adult language, mature situations, human swordsmen with appetites for unusual cuisine, hermit dwarf connoisseurs of monster recipes, horrified party members, edible monsters, and the daily life of those who reside in the dungeon. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 256. Now that we've beaten the mid-boss, let's cook and eat him. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Spark and Mong Review, some podcasts and vang reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, buongiorno, and what's up? Yes, we're back for another fun-filled episode of the podcast, and we are one episode away from finishing this week of insanity that's making up for the last week I took off. Anyway, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Spirekin's a podcast that provides informative reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. Every episode, I'll talk about one to two titles and tell you the pros and cons about it. Now, you don't have to agree with anything that I and my co-hosts say, but we try to be entertaining, educational, and non-biased as possible. Even though sometimes bias does take a consideration, especially if it's a really awesome manga like Berserk, or really terrible like Worst. Anyway, I digress. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com, or you can email me personally at zan, that's X-A-N, at spirekin, S-P-I-R-A-K-E-N.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Apple Music, Tumblr, the Nintendo Network, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, Player FM, and the PSN Network. If you want to do something really awesome, follow us on any of those social media sites and leave us a note or comment on the website itself. Anyway, so let's get to it, shall we? Because this manga made me a little bit hungry. I was surprised. Because, well, anyway. So if you remember from the last episode, I spun that one that only the Wheel of Manga and it dictated to be there reviewing a manga that was written by Ryoko Kuai. And it was published by Enterbrain, but over here it was brought over by Yen Press. It's a sentence series that originally came out in 2014, but we got it last year, 2017. There are five volumes, and I originally saw this manga at the Kyoto International Manga Museum. It was actually pretty cool. It was in the top 10 best manga of the year. And I was intrigued by it. I looked at it. It looked really cool. I ended up buying it, even though I couldn't read it. Eventually, I bought the actual manga. And I've got to say, it was a pretty good investment. Well, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So, this is a sentence series, like I said. And it is a comedy fantasy cooking manga. And what is the name of this manga? It is Dungeon Menchi, or Delicious in Dungeon. Now... This manga is going to sound horrific, horrifying, and terrible, but just stick with me. So, in this setting, in this wonderful world that they don't give a name to, many, many years ago, a bunch of people were just sitting around in a tiny village, and then one day, the floors of the catacombs caved in with a small rumble, and a man emerged from the depths. The man said he was the king of a golden country that had fallen a thousand years ago. The once splendid country had been sealed deep beneath the earth by a lunatic magician, and there it remained. But the old man told everyone, I bestow my entire kingdom upon the one who defeats the magician. And with those final words, the man turned to dust and vanished. And so began the age of the dungeon. 
hundreds of thousands of people have tried to get to the bottom of the dungeon, defeat the magician, and take the gold kingdom for themselves. However, this dungeon is filled with lots of monsters and scary things that are set to defend this dungeon and make sure the magician is safe. And there's lots of insanity going on because people are trying the best they can. And some people have made their lives on the first level, making it into a market. Some people, they go further down and they say, hey, I'll be a doctor for you on the fifth level. So on and so forth. Everyone has a job. But most people are adventurers that go down into the depths of the dungeon to try to get this reward. And our main characters were a group that had been spent three weeks trying to get to the bottom of the dungeon and they failed. They tried to take on this horrible red dragon, and they thought they could kick its butt. The problem is, though, it's a fucking red dragon, so it beat the shit out of them. It ends up decimating the party, and as they're about to be eaten and devoured, their spellcaster, Faelene, uses her magic to teleport the rest of the party to the front of the dungeon. She sacrifices herself, and before they disappear, she ends up getting eaten by the dragon and just swallows her whole. And when they get back to the top of the dungeon, they don't know what to do. Because all of their loot, all their money, is at the bottom of the dungeon by where the red dragon is. Now, two of the members say, this is bullshit, Faelene died, we're out of here, we're leaving. The rest of the group, which was Chichuk, the halfling locksmith, Marcial, the elven magician, and then Laos, the leader of the party, and... Faelene's older brother feel kind of guilty that they let her down back there. So they're going to try to get back down there. The only problem is, as I said, they left all their money, all their stuff at the bottom of the dungeon. So all they have is their weapons on them. And they could sell their weapons to uh, get food and maybe recruit some members, but they'll have nothing with them. So Laos has a really dumb and brilliant idea. He says, you know what? Instead of us spending money, let's go down to the dungeon, and then we could eat the stuff in the dungeon. That way we don't spend the money buying uh, new members, and more importantly, losing the money because we downgrade our equipment. And we don't have to return to the outside world every time we need food if we start eating all the things in the dungeon. Now, Chilchuk and Marcel look at Laos like he's insane. Because it's like, can you imagine eating a slime? Or eating a basilisk or eating skeletons it sounds insane but Laos as he's saying this he gets a weird look in his eye and we find out that Laos has been wanting to eat dungeon monsters since he was a little boy but he hasn't indulged in this anytime soon but he does own a cookbook which can say that you can eat certain types of monsters it says which ones are safe which ones are not and it shows how to cook them so they eventually agree because they do feel indebted to Faelene and so they end up going down there to try to save her. They end up on the first floor, which is like a market. They don't know what they're going to do. And they start talking a lot about how we're going to find a monster that we can eat. And overhearing them is a dwarf warrior who joins their party who says, I know stuff you can eat because I live down here. Wait, what? Turns out that Senshi, the dwarf, has been living in the dungeon for 10 years and he's been surviving by eating and cooking and maintaining the dungeon by eating lots of different weird, strange monsters down there. And he's come up to a kind of science about it. He is a very expert chef at cooking monsters. So him and Laos make quite the pair. And then 
Marcial and Chilchuk sadly will join this group and be horrified as these two geek out about their love of eating monsters. And this is almost a slice of life manga where it's them going through the dungeon every chapter, them dealing with a monster, and then them eating the monster. I mean, there is eventually a legitimate goal. They're trying to save his sister because apparently when you're eaten by a dragon, it takes three months to survive. So they have three months to get her back from the dragon before she's digested. Even if she's turned into bones, they can resurrect her using magic mumbly jumbly, which may cause problems later on if pieces are missing. Because if you incorrectly use parts that aren't part of a creature, you can create an abomination, even though they're not thinking about that. Possible spoilers. So they go through and they eat a lot of weird things from walking mushrooms, mandrakes, huge scorpions, mimics, golems, slimes, kelpies, and other disturbing and genius things. They eat all these things and it shows how they actually will cook them. It actually has recipes that are kind of tangible and understandable, like turning slimes into jerky and making golems walk in gardens so they can grow lettuce and vegetables on their back, or making bread with fermented liquid from i forgot what the creature was some weird creature so each one just goes through different types of food and things and it makes you wonder about eating these monsters like the first chapter is making a hot pot you know you're making a hot pot with just uh slimes and walking mushrooms and you're just gonna heat it up in a pot and then cook it then you make a tart out of what's left of the mushrooms then you kill a basilisk to make roast basilisk. Now, when I think basilisk, I think of Harry Potter's basilisk, the giant serpent. But apparently, in this world, a basilisk is half chicken, half snake. And so it tastes like chicken, but it, and it lays eggs. So they can use the, the eggs next time to make an omelet. And then with what's left of the omelet, they make kakiyagi. Which is really, really good. They actually make that with leftover bat, which is really strange. Then they end up eating living armor, which you wouldn't think a living armor. You see them, it's like, it's just armor. It's like, no, they explain, oh, living armor, they're actually like mollusks. That They're a whole hive mind that controls the suit of armor. It's really fascinating and really cool, but also really disturbing at the same time. You see them also eat mimics, which are apparently like really crabs. They're not actually just giant chest monsters. And it's really fascinating to see them eat these really weird and disturbing and amazing things. I mean, from man-eating plants and slimes and giant scorpions that eat all this food. And you're like, this is kind of good. This is kind of hungry. Makes you hungry, even though this food doesn't really exist. And they're recipes that are actually kind of intriguing. And they explain a lot. They go pretty in-depth in the knowledge of making up these recipes. I mean, just reading one of them, which is... Uh, Treasure insect nest jam because apparently there's certain treasures that are actually insects. Kind of reminds me of in the original mummy movie, well, not the original, the one with Brendan Fraser in the 90s, how the scarab jewels were actually scarabs, like kind of like that, but they're coins that look like coins. Well, the bugs look like coins, and what you do is you take the bugs, you salt them, then you cover them with oil, and then you fry them face down, and then you eat them, and they're crackers, which sounds disgusting but it apparently tastes amazing or you know it's very weird it's just what the hell it really is like you really wonder about like who would come up with this but i've got to say as a cooking manga it's inventive and creative and 
Compare it to Toriko, which is about, I'm going to fight the shit out of the monster, and then I'm going to eat him. This is more like we beat up the monster in a minute, and then the rest of the time is us debating on how to cook this monster, or if we should cook this monster. Because Laos doesn't care. He'll eat anything. He's like, I've been dreaming about eating this thing, even though the rest of the party's like, what the hell's wrong with you? And Senshi's like, I think this would be a good example of we could probably bake it. Or no, we could fry it. So it's these two are like made for each other. Later on, you do get a more overarching story about what's going on with Faelene, the Red Dragon, the magician, who why she, her motivation is. And it gets really crazy. But it is intriguing. The art style is a lot of fun. Like all the recipes look actually delicious. And the characters are well designed. And they all look different. So... The one thing I am surprised at, though, is there's no anime adaptation. I would love to see this as an anime. Just like with Restaurant to Another World, I think this would be a lot of fun and a great addition to any food anime series. Because with the collection, there are so many good ones, so many that are never even heard of anymore. And this would be a nice touch to it. So with that in mind, as you could probably guess, I'm going to have to give Delicious in Dungeon or Dungeon Menchi. Really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't read this now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will swap, and your soul will be forfeit to the great Zoma Gustar. It is really good and really inventive. It's a lot of fun. It's a nice spin on the whole dungeon crawling aspect. And it's not a, we were reincarnated in another world. No, it's they're just D&D players or the characters. And they're trying to go through a dungeon for something. And then things go horribly wrong. And then they're trying to survive. There are bittersweet moments. There are funny moments. There are sad moments. And you have a party that is following them and thinks that they intentionally tried to kill them when in fact they just were stupid and they made a mistake. So it's like they have a vendetta for no reason whatsoever. I highly recommend checking it out. And it's a one that's really nicely done. The art style on the cover is exquisite. It's got a nice like a cookbook look to it. It is brown. And just seeing Leos on the cover with a frying pan and a spatula makes it just that crazy and weird anyway so with that in mind if remember you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spark.com or you can email me personally at zanspark.com and yeah we're on facebook twitter instagram all the other social media sites and today's question of the day of the episode is going to be if you could eat any monster from any video game or D&D game, what would you be interested in trying or eating? I mean, personally, I'm going to go safe. I'm going to say something that I would want to probably eat would be uh, probably one of the pigs from Princess Mononoke. I mean, yes, they speak, but hey, bacon and benil, which is roast pork or pulled pork, you can make a lot with them, even though they are just pigs essentially and not really dnd creatures but their slang which is menacing and pretty cool what would you guys choose anyway so with that in mind guess that part you've all been waiting for and what am i talking about i'm talking about that one that only the Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? Is it a mysterious device which was created to torture people? Maybe. What it is, is it is a Wheel of Fortune with ten slots on it. 
1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. What I'm going to do is going to assign a manga title to each of the slots. So when I spin the Wheel of Manga, whatever number it lands on, that's what we're reviewing the next episode of the Spark and Manga View, episode 257. We're almost there, folks. So let's spin and see what we're going to review in the next episode for tomorrow. A pretty good spin. Ooh, number one. Oh. So in the next episode, I am going to be reviewing another Isekai story. That's actually pretty interesting. I'm going to be reviewing a manga about being a spider. So next episode, I'm reviewing So I'm a Spider. So what? Which seems kind of cool. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so I guess that's it for this episode. Catch you guys next time. I'm your Hosan, and I'm gone.